previously on The Bill, I mean Undertelly. Are you ready to go back onto the cobblestone streets of Sun Hill, Warren? I have kind of lost the gore blimey accent, so I'll, I'll try my best market stall uh, <laughs> me, but... <laughs> I'm sure it'll come back in no time, yes, right. it won't be an issue. <laughs> this time, our special guest, DCI Warren Powell, joins us again as we take a look back at more classic episodes. You cannot be serious. Yeah, John, I'm deadly serious. Warren explains to me the definition of a page three model. Um, anybody who knows what page three models are... Is what is of, page three It's um, topless modelling. Ah. We revisit two of the most controversial storylines in Bill history. Just felt so wrong. Yeah, it didn't look right. And Christmas comes early in Sun Hill. Actually came off eBay. What is that? So in the words of DCI Jack Meadows... Clear all units, go. You're listening to Undertelly with Oleg Novak. Mount Cola's fastest growing Aussie TV podcast. Welcome back to Undertelly DCI Pal. Are you ready to continue our journey through the cobbled stone streets of Sun Hill for another episode? <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it, absolutely. Well, let's get straight into it, Warren. We're going to go back in time to the year 2000 and the Don Beach scandal. I need help, Maggie. What have you done? Oh, it's bad, Maggie. I mean, I mean, it's the worst. I should kick you straight out of here, shouldn't I? So Don Beach, he, DS Don Beach, he joined in 1995, and while very charismatic, he was always a bit shifty. Um, he finally crossed the line, I think, in 1998, before his corruption came to a head in, 19, in 2000, when he, fell in, when he fell in with gang lord Howard Fallon. Of note with these episodes, I think, is they came from the third era of the bill, so I think ratings had been falling a bit during the half-hour um, period, which was probably my favourite era, and they shifted to two times a week one-hour episodes, so more in-depth kind of storylines. There was a lot more... Well, it wasn't as soap, but there was a lot more home life to the officers, and I think that was quite evident in these episodes we watched. What were your kind of observations of this era from the Don Beach episodes that we watched mm. compared to the earlier years? <clears throat> there was a sense of foreboding about the older characters in that their end was in sight, it felt. All the new characters coming through, a lot more energy, um, a lot more engaging. It seemed like they, the producers were sort of having the other characters take a bit of a back seat, I think. Um, it did become a bit more soapy and they did bring a lot more of their home life in, which I know they were never t they were told never to talk about home life. Interestingly, to the point where, uh, let me see if I get this right, who did Tony visit in hospital? Uh, uh, Tony Stamp visited one of his colleagues in hospital in one of the Don Beach episodes. Mm. Uh, no, I'm not going to get this right. It may have been from the other, from the station exploding episodes. Oh, it might have been Polly that he was visiting. Essentially, it, it, it kind of, I thought, oh, that's interesting. They're in hospital, they're in a critical condition, and the only person visiting them is one of their colleagues. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no family. They don't have family. Yeah. Family don't get involved. They're not allowed during visiting hours. Only Tony Stamp can visit them, which was quite funny. <laughs> so that was what was interesting. A lot more of that soapy um, mm. people coming in. Um, the fact that um, Don Beach was having an affair with um, a character played by Linda Lusardi, who was an ex-model, um, but no less than a page three model. So she was oh. on page three of the Sun newspaper. Um, anybody who knows what page three models are. It's what is of, page three? It's um, topless modeling. Ah. And they still do them to this day. Wow. Um, so was it Linda Lusardi? Lusardi. Yeah, okay. Maggie. famous. Maggie was, um, yeah. So she came with um, that sort of characteristic already, if that wow. makes sense. Oh, look, if you're tired, I can soon muscle up an omelet. Well, to your point about it being a bit soapy-ish, like, for example, there was the affair between DS Claire Stanton 
and John Bolton. And she, at one point in the episode before John Bolton is killed, she says, You know, I love you, John. And it's almost weird hearing the words I love you uttered in the bill compared to the early years where the word love would be such a foreign concept that would never be mentioned and suddenly you've got two characters saying it to each other. It felt, I bought it for this storyline because it was such a big storyline, mm. but it just almost felt a bit, mm, you're very close to jumping the sharp shark for what you originally were. Yes, yeah, it's very true. And I guess without knowing, um, had a new producer or writers come on board at that time, you probably find that they had and they were trying to inject some slight different twists into it, but yeah, it wouldn't sit well with the diehard fans. So it was quite an intense storyline, this one, because essentially we watched the two episodes, the two defining episodes of the bill from this era, uh, because we've got undercover CIB cop, CIB, that's England's Internal Affairs, which stands for Complaints Investigation Bureau. So you've got undercover CIB cop Claire Stanton, undercover in Sunhill CID, slowly trying to dig up dirt on Don Beach. In that time, she falls in love with DS John Bolton, one of the show's main characters. Then, as Don Beach spirals further into dealings with Fallon, it all starts to fall apart and he's forced to reveal his dealings to Bolton in the hope that Bolton will help him. For my sake, yeah? If you walk away now, I'm history. Is that what you want? Maybe you should have thought about that before you started lap dancing for Fallon. Now get out of my way. No, John. You're not leaving. Not like this. John, get stay there. The John, stop it. Get out the I'm way. Do this. I'm warning John, you. Get out this. the way. <laughs> and of course... Bolton is killed by Beach. What a scene. I remember watching that when I was eight years old, thinking, being just shocked that one, you've got two of the Bill's main characters fighting like that, and one of them kills another. That was... That's right. And to be in over your neck, literally, um, in that much trouble as a senior police officer, it's pretty serious. Where could it go next? Don't be silly. Open your eyes. John! And this is particularly significant because this all leads to two very important episodes with the, with the biggest cast exodus the show had ever seen to that point because the entire, almost the entire CID are written out and, sus and suspended due to the Don Beach saga, mm. except Jack Meadows, who survives, and a few of the other characters like Mickey Webb. This office and all of its staff are under investigation. As of this minute, you are all suspended. For me, that was kind of the beginning of the end for the bill because you had so many good characters just leaving. You had um, Charles Brownlow leave, you had Jeff Daly, Chris Deacon, a lot of those kind of old school characters. And a lot of the new ones that were brought in just weren't as captivating. And you, of course, had Tom Chandler come in, who, again, was another controversial character. <laughs> How did you find rewatching that such a period of change for the bill? Absolutely. And I do remember, if, if you were to pick out specific episodes that I remembered, that episode stands out for me, the shocking moment when they hang on, you're closing down CID and you're overriding their authority and asking everybody to leave and they can't even touch anything. It's all evidence, it's all a crime scene. I kind of had to get my head around that there was a policing of the police and that the, somebody would, could come in and make that call. So it was fascinating to watch that again and wondering who, who, who was for the chop as a result of it. Yeah, a really, really interesting episode that that, that there was a, a, a policing of the police. I think that was what was interesting. Mm, absolutely. That's another thing that I really loved about the bill, just that you had the police, the uniform police and the CID. You had mm. the detectives as well, which is fantastic. Just having some episodes focusing in, on them, some episodes focusing on them and that kind of full picture of policing. Yes. There was a, always that divide, though, which was interesting. And I assume um, indicative of what it w is like in the police force, that there's kind of often the uniformed officers are looked down on. Um, they're doing the front line grunt work and, the, and the, you know, you're a detective, that's where you make it because uh, 
threats to Roach, for example. I remember about him, oh, you'll be in uniform before you know it, kind of thing. It was a really insult to be in uniform, so interesting. And then you had, of course, someone like Jim Carver, who'd been in uniform, for, uh, in a detective for 10 years, and then he got put back into uniform as well, because I think there's a rule, I think it's called tenure, that when you're in a, the same position for 10 years without a promotion, that you are forced to make a change of some sort. Wow, okay, that's interesting. So I think that's why he was forced back into uniform, which is probably a good thing, because right. they gave him some very interesting storylines. So it wasn't part of the storyline. I remember watching some episodes where he was struggling with drink and he was, it was in a court case. It wasn't that because of could that. have been related. I need mm. to go back and revisit them, but I think that coincided with his move back into uniform. Yeah, they would have. A demotion, effectively. Mm. Right? Sad times. Poor Jim Carver. Mm. So we've covered that big mass exodus of the Bill cast during the Don Beach storyline. But that exodus, as big as it was, it was topped two years later when ratings fell for a second time and probably an even bigger, more monumental change for the bill. Again, a new remix theme tune, a lot darker for a more modern bill. They hired a new producer, more famous for UK soaps like Brookside, which I don't know anything about. Warren, yes. did, is that, do, what does that tell you, that they hired yeah. someone who produced Brookside to produce the that's, bill? That makes complete sense, but that's why there's a lot more Scouser, Liverpudlian accents in the bill. It's a, it's a suburban soap set in Liverpool in the north east of England, northwest of England, sorry northerners, it's somewhere up there <laughs> near Manchester. Um, and obviously uh, it, the, the storytelling and the characters reflected that I think, and probably some of the actors if I'm honest. What a good insight. Mm. And I guess the result of that wasn't great for us fans of the old Bill. <laughs> so the particular episode from this era that we are taking a look at is episode 008, also an interesting insight. They stopped when they changed into a soap. They got rid of names for episodes. So they used to give every episode an individual title. They got rid of them because I guess it was becoming very continuing. So it was just episode one, two, three, four, and numbered like that. Mm. And this was a defining episode of the bill, episode 008, the episode where they blew the station up. But mm. they didn't only blow the station up, they blew up the old bill. How did you find this episode, Warren? So true, you're so right. As a watershed, it was quite sad, you know. Um, Rich Hollis has always been a bit of a sad character anyway, but to see him, that sense of impending doom as everybody was building up to this um, attack on the station and, and protecting the station, it felt quite like they were an island and um, a lot of the characters um, were nervous about the, 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 the future and what that held and there were um, moments where I felt that Hollis or he made a comment about oh I had a dream I was um, falling off a cliff or something and I was like hmm yeah sort of writing your own self out of the, the soap uh, out of the call it a soap <gasps> criminal what? I know arrest me <laughs> um, no I felt like he was um, predicting his own demise at that point it was interesting a, bo a broader demise than just the demise of the station I feel you're very right. There was that sense of impending doom. It's kind of felt like, I think I mentioned to you, it kind of felt like a war, war movie episode because you had all the troops on the ground kind of being stationed at different posts, but then you had the commander in the kind of bunker, the station, commanding everyone from there, kind of slowly losing his marbles, um, strategically deciding what to do. In that case, it was Tom Chandler, who was slowly going insane, and we'll talk about him. But also there was touch, the, the episode was focusing on all this racial tension in Sun Hill, and I thought that's something that was becoming soap then, but again, it reminded me of this show could work so well today, because there's just so much more of that kind of stuff to tap into. That's right, yes. I think, um, sadly, I do think um, Metropolitan Police has had 
um, challenges with, with um, racial issues over the years and they've had different inquiries and, and initiatives and, and ways to tackle that but it, for a long time I do believe it, it did have um, challenges with racial issues so it was good to see them tackling that but it was interesting to see um, how the police um, stationed at various parts around the station um, s how they were dealing with pressure and um, old mate um, Hollis's wingman Des, oh, Des Tavener Des Tavener, old, uh, Des Tavener um, losing his marbles but wanting to get in there and have a fight because he's angry and wants to solve this <laughs> and, and going a bit renegade um, was an interesting part of the storyline whereas um, the other guy sitting in the police van waiting for some news just kind of sitting ducks really and you know just nobody knew what to do um, there's no real plan there. Lots of shouting in this episode. Everyone was very stressed. Is that enough of an explanation for you to follow a simple and direct order, Inspector? I said to you later! Yeah! Get in there! And you wouldn't want that now, would you? Because that's what you made me! Shut it! Oh, shut up! Yeah, it was building up, right? And Polly, who was normally so um, calm under pressure and she was on the switchboard and dealing with all the calls, Polly was losing it too. Um, it was a chaos. Polly? Sir. What the bloody hell do you think you're playing at? I'm sorry, sir. I'm not going to jeopardise this operation just because you're feeling a bit dippy. I'm sorry, sir. Please, can I go? You can go when I tell you you can go. Sir. Now sort yourself out and make a bit of an effort with your appearance. Sir. And stop that. Can you imagine if Jim Carver started crying just because of a reprimand? You're a police officer. I know. There's a few important things to touch on mm. in this episode. Here's one, Tom Chandler, superintendent, as I mentioned, he was losing his marbles. He, uh, a few episodes ago, Tom cancelled a community meeting about the racial tension to go uh, hook up with DC Kate Spears, already very scandalous. But after community, community backlash, he reinstated the meeting, but instead sent Chief Inspector Derek Conway, an icon of the old bill, who died in a petrol bomb attack. So they got rid of this iconic character in such mm. a hasty kind of way and with that I think the old bill started to die but then Chandler's uh, Chandler's slowly started to lose it as his relationship with Kate turned sour and that was extremely soapy wasn't it the way Chandler the way Kate was discussing it with Mickey the way Kate and Chandler were chatting the way he was just losing it everyone will know you sent Mr. Conway to his death so you could screw me yeah absolutely I think um that metaphor of the of um, Conway's car being pulled into the car lot, burnt out as a shell, and um, apparently being returned for forensic analysis, um, it was just right there in front of you. The sort of the empty shell of the former bill. It was quite sad to see, really. Um, and, and you're right. Even Mickey, who at this point had been in the in the um, series for quite some time, was coming across a little bit soapy at that point. Which I think um, in hearing and reading interviews with the, the cast, a lot of them were themselves um, kind of um, struggling with the, the way their characters were heading, um, which would be difficult when you've been lived and breathed that character for a long time to suddenly see all that work you've done being undone or changed. Well, case in point, Warren, June and Jim. Oh, what's that about? Oh, it's just... How long at this point have they worked together? How about long have they... Uh, 19 years since yeah. the original pilot. That's right. What have they been through? Well, you know, yeah, if it was going to happen, it probably would have happened sooner. To our listeners, June and Jim, two iconic characters, essentially almost like brother and sister. They'd been in the show since the start, and they, of course, in this episode, kiss and get together. <laughs> it just felt so wrong. Yeah, it didn't look right, and I don't think it looked 
it, I don't think it probably felt right to the actors either. I've just had a flashback to when I was a kid. Well, the lights used to go off every other week and I'd sit around and tell all the others ghost stories. Go on then. Make me want to hide under the covers. Yeah, you know, moments under pressure, etc., etc. But this had never happened before. It was a whole new, uh, a whole new <laughs> oh, it's angle. Just, and also, just the way that June, who's such a voice of reason and authority in the station, talking to Jim with all that mushy stuff, it just felt wrong coming out of her mouth. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's an interesting um, aside there, wasn't it? And then, of course, things get even worse in this episode uh, when Des tries to use the riots as cover to destroy some counterfeit money he donated to, to Inspector Andrew Munro. He ends up blowing the station up and killing six officers in the biggest mass exodus the show had ever seen. Massive. The station blowing up. Mm. Warren, what was that like? So upsetting, right? Um, you knew you couldn't come back from that anytime soon. Get It also exposed how rotten to the core some um, elements of the police at Sun Hill have become. And I don't think, obviously, he, had, he didn't mean to um, kill any fellow officers, but, it, but it, went, it got out of control very quickly. Yeah, it was a, truly a watershed moment for the series, I think, the, the metaphor of the station burning down. First time they'd ever used CGI as well in the shot of the flames ripping through the station because the bill is such a realistic show they'd never used CGI. So again, that was kind of like a metaphor of oh, mm, big change, bringing in new new techniques. Mm. That's true. And just the following morning, the roll call of who was in a critical condition, who was dead. It was just like my goodness, this is seismic. Seismic for us Bill fans. <laughs> there were some good things to come. Oh, well some bad things as well because obviously Chandler continued to go get more and more nuts. It turned out he was a rapist and then he eventually ended up committing suicide after a siege in the station several episodes later. Des, of course, ended up getting away with it for two years before dying in custody after they figured out that he'd actually blown up the station and killed six officers. But some good things that came out of that era were, of course, Des and Reg. I thought their odd couple relationship was great and hilarious and it was nice that they had... He, Reg, obviously, an original character that they continued to give him a buddy like Des to kind of give him such a cool storyline. Yes, and also something, somebody to, um, to bounce off as his opposite number. It seemed odd to couple. work because until then, yeah, absolutely, very odd couple. Until then, I think poor Reg was out on his own quite a lot, wasn't he? Quite isolated character. I know, right? <laughs> what the hell are they playing? I wish you'd be after them. Oh, an unseen enemy is an unknown quantity. What? Napoleon. Another bloody mental case. Interesting, and Craig Gilmore, of course, he was the Bill's first openly gay character. He was the sergeant in the van as well. Ah, I didn't, to be honest, uh, dipping in and watching that one episode, mm. I hadn't, didn't pick that up. Which actually they revealed that in before it became a soap, but I think it, they started to play on that a lot more, and they brought in Luke Ashton again. Do you remember Luke? Yes, yes. They brought him back, and Craig and Luke ended up having an affair after... on on Luke's wedding night where he was getting married to a new PC called Kerry Young, he ended up in bed with his sergeant, Craig Gilmore. And, and then <laughs> I would say you couldn't write this, but somebody did, right? And, and the, inspect, the new inspector, Gina Gold, found them in bed together. So again, to your point about the police only hanging out with police and not having family. Well, there's nothing else to do, right? As well just... <laughs> exactly right. If it was still on today, Warren, do you think the bill could have worked in its old-fashioned style? Do you think they absolutely needed to sex it up in order to survive? Interesting question, yeah. Um, I think I've touched on it a couple of times. I, 
I think it had to evolve and it had to grow with the times. And I do think we've touched on things such as sexism, racism, um, homophobia, uh, as well as all the issues um, and things that are going on with, with, with policing in general. Um, and I think it could have survived what today. It would be an awesome show today. I mean, um, in terms of rich material, um, you know, it's a, never been a more challenging time to be a police officer. And I think the storylines connected with all of that would well be compelling television for all of the reasons that it originally attracted us to, to the bill back for me in the 80s, you know. So I think it could still be a, an amazing show. Um, I do think that where they fell down um, was uh, what we've touched on a few times, the soapy factor that it became sort of character-led. Um, well, it was always character-led, but it became... It's focused on the per on personal lives to such an extent where it became just very relation, uh, relationship focused. Yeah, domestic Domestic relationship very domestic. Focused. It's bringing in people's personal lives into the police force and less sort of focus on policing per se. Uh, oh, it would be, you know, let's um, start the campaign now, shall we? The bill. To bring it back. Yeah. Hashtag bring back the bill. I think so. Bring back if the floating feet. A, um, <laughs> if it's not a, um, a hashtag, it should be. <laughs> and they could do a modern remix of the theme tune. That'd be great. Someone will have done a few YouTube I know. Sure there's probably a dance remix. <laughs> and now, Warren, to thank you for your time on the show, mm. I prepared, prepared a bit of a present I for you. I didn't do that. Oh, no, no. Came on, because I've got a pair, but I think you need a pair. It actually came off eBay. What is that? Uh, oh, well, look, this is like Christmas, Alec. <laughs> I've got something for you, too. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not what? much. But I thought, You're kidding um, me. Seeing as you're off to um, to Sun Hill Country at some point and leaving um, your workplace, you really need to make sure you carry that with you um, to get get across the border and uh, into the front doors of oh the station. Gosh. So uh, thank yeah. you so much, boys. No worries. This is exciting. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. You have to tell the listeners no. what it is. It wasn't work on radio That's... otherwise. Oh. <laughs> I've got my very own Metropolitan Police ID badge. That is very cool. Warren, this is just so good. Oh, this is awesome too. Yeah, we're nerding out now, aren't we? This is You've the... got the official um, wow. first 10 years Do you know what's casebook. So upsetting that I, I had the bill annuals in the UK. I think they released them. They mm. did a few annuals, as in an yeah. annual release. I don't know. I probably sold them in a jumble sale yep. years ago. So that's awesome. And the official casebook. The official casebook. Wow, this is serious. This is very serious. Yes. Wow, thanks, Alec. You didn't have to do that. Oh, no, my pleasure. Wow. So the casebook is pretty this amazing. Is it goes through the entire history of the show. You have one? Lots of behind. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the, the, look, these are the characters on the front of this casebook. I mean, God, you can't. You, they're just iconic, right? These are some of the best characters ever. June Ackland, Jack Meadows, Santa. Tosh Lines, Gina Gold. Yeah, she was great. I don't think oh, Gabriel, Gabriel Kent shouldn't be there. This, who, yeah, so let's not go into that part of the bill. That's what he ended up being, June Ackland's, uh, pretending to be June Ackland's son. No. Mm. And Bob Cryer. We haven't really talked about Bob Cryer oh. in those particular episodes. Bob Cryer, uh, absolutely he was a legend. fantastic. Absolute legend. I think we'll have to do another podcast to discuss all the most <laughs> iconic characters. So, DCI Warren Powell, on behalf of everyone, uh, not only in Mount Cola, but also in Sun Hill, thanks so much for your time on Undertelly. It's been awesome taking the time to have a stroll through the cobbled stone streets of Sun Hill. We really appreci appreciate your time on our first international special. 
thank you, Alec. No, it's been awesome. Thanks for having me on. It's been great, as you say, we're wandering the streets of uh, Sun Hill. Will you be taking the area car or the panda car home? <laughs> oh, I think it's probably going to be the panda, unfortunately. But you can live and dream. That's all, take, that's all good. I'll take Sierra 1. Done. <laughs> I'll race you. <laughs> and that was Undertelly's first ever international special with our special guest, DCI Warren Powell. Warren will be back on Undertelly soon as we head to Erinsborough to look back at the most tear-jerking deaths to ever rock Ramsey Street, so stay tuned for that one coming up soon. But for now, remember to subscribe to Undertelly on iTunes or SoundCloud, and you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram too. But for now, I'm Oleg Novak. I'll catch you flaming galahs next time. You're listening to Undertelly with Oleg Novak, Mount Cola's fastest-growing Aussie TV podcast.